Information discussed in this podcast may be sensitive in nature to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Andrea Michelle Knebel had a passion for helping families find missing persons. So much so, she was an active missing person investigator with the group Missing in America. According to Andrea's family, Andrea was a precocious child, energetic, but always mature for her age. She had been an excellent student throughout school, and she was always a mother figure to her two younger sisters. It was also said that Andrea never met a stranger. Everyone that came into contact with her was immediately a friend. And she was passionate and loyal no matter what she was doing. Andrea was exceptionally passionate about missing person cases and helping families find their loved ones. She volunteered with Missing in America and spent countless hours talking to people, walking the streets, and even going undercover to get information on a case. On August 12, 2019, Andrea was having a pretty rough day, although all of the specifics aren't completely known. She had been staying with her younger sister, and that day they had a fight. She went to visit her other sister, where they sat on the porch and chatted about it for a while. It was one o'clock in the morning when her sister, Erin, drove her back to where she was staying. But at 1.37 a.m., Andrea knocked on Aaron's door. Apparently, her other sister wouldn't answer the door when Andrea went home, and for some reason, Andrea didn't have a key. Aaron said that she couldn't stay with her, and Andrea ended up turning around and walking back home. She did make it back to her house, or the house she was staying at, but allegedly she couldn't get inside. From there, Andrea vanished. Where is Andrea Michelle Knable? And welcome back to the Where Are They podcast and another unsolved missing person case. This case has been recommended to me a few times over the last couple of years, and I've kept a close eye on it. It's hard not to go down the rabbit hole when you start digging in, but her case did seem to have some media attention. At least it did a few years ago. Since the media attention around this case has died down, And Andrea is still missing, and I think this case is very solvable. I think it's time to tell her story. If you have a case suggestion for us, please send me an email at canwefindthem at gmail.com 
we really try to focus on the cases that aren't all over the media, either that never had the attention they deserve, or cases that have completely disappeared from the spotlight. Cases like Andrea Knabel's. There's a lot to Andrea Knabel's story, and some of it might be red herrings. Probably a lot of it is. Some of it might be complete rumors. Some of it might be the truth. But there is a lot to unpack here, so Andrea's story will be told in two parts. This case takes us to Louisville, Kentucky. Let's jump into Andrea's story. Andrea Knabel was born January 7th, 1982. She was the oldest of her siblings, and she often took a motherly, nurturing role when she would care for her two younger sisters, Erin and Sarah. In fact, she was often referred to as Mother Andrea. Andrea was also a very intelligent child, very mature for her age, and a very, very good student. School came really easy to her. Andrea and both of her sisters, Erin and Sarah, attended a Catholic school in their Audubon Park neighborhood. Audubon Park is a very nice little suburb area of Louisville. Her parents would divorce when she was 13 years old, and Andrea would actually be moved to a magnet school because her parents wanted to challenge her further. School was too easy for her at the Catholic school. After Andrea graduated high school, she would go on to attend the University of Louisville, where she would study marketing and graduate with a bachelor's degree. As an adult, Andrea herself would be involved in two different serious relationships with two different men, each of which she would have a son with. She wouldn't stay with either of the men, however, and they would share joint custody of her boys. Andrea was a doting mother loved her children, she had a lot of energy, and she was known to be very involved. In 2009, Andrea took on a job as an analyst with the health insurance company Humana. Humana was based out of Louisville, and Andrea knew taking on this corporate job would help her support her boys. Let's fast forward to the year 2017. On September 1st, 2017, Andrea had a childhood friend that would end up going missing. With great determination, Andrea became obsessed with searching for and finding her friend. This friend had been a friend from childhood, but as an adult, this person did have a troubled history. And many people just thought that this girl took off on her own, was living on the streets, or had somehow found herself in some trouble. She also had an active arrest warrant and her boyfriend was allegedly a known drug dealer in the area. So many people brushed off her disappearance and took no part in searching for her, but not Andrea. Andrea was so worried that her friend had been abducted for trafficking or that something bad had happened to her. Andrea was frantically searching for her, but she wasn't getting any help. This is how she came across the group Missing in America. Now, this group is a volunteer group of women who help search for missing persons in America. But note, they are not affiliated with the Dateline series Missing in America. After Andrea reported her friend missing, she heard from a woman named Nancy Schaefer. Nancy is the founder of Missing in America, and she offered to help Andrea in searching for her missing friend. 
And of course, Andrea was grateful for any help. A few weeks later, Andrea met Nancy in Lexington, Kentucky, which was about 80 miles from Louisville, to help search for her friend. This friend was found, eventually, living with a boyfriend in Lexington. And Andrea had just let everyone know that this friend was okay, and they just hoped that she would make better choices in the future, and Andrea would be there for her if she ever needed. But the search for her friend had brought Andrea and Nancy pretty close, and Andrea found a passion for the work that Nancy did, these volunteer searches for missing people. Andrea also found that she was really good at it. She was very social, she wasn't shy, she was willing to go up and talk to anybody, and she was very good at digging into information. While Nancy was working in the Lexington area with Andrea, she got involved in another missing person case, and through this, she would meet private investigator Tracy Leonard. Tracy Leonard also had developed a passion for finding missing persons and made this his life work. Nancy asked him about possibly helping with this case or getting involved together with this case and maybe even working on a documentary together down the line. And Nancy introduced Tracy to Andrea. Tracy said he was immediately struck by Andrea, saying that she was much more articulate and professional sounding than these other members of the group that he had been speaking to. Together, they all worked on this case in Lexington, and together they solved it, finding a teenager who had been held captive in a basement out of state. Tracy credits Andrea with doing much of the legwork. Andrea was really good at this investigative work and was super passionate about it. So as the next couple of years went on, Andrea continued this investigative work with Nancy, who had now brought in some other volunteers. She had also hired a film crew to film their searches in the hopes of having a reality show or maybe a documentary. Andrea was in her element, but Andrea might have had some other things going on behind the scenes that people didn't know about. In late 2017, Andrea began dating a man by the name of Brian. When Andrea's family met him, however, they were initially a little guarded. He seemed troubled and he had a bit of a history Although Andrea's family did say that it seemed like he had turned his life around or at least made it seem that way to them. We really don't know much about Brian other than that. But looking back, the family would notice that at this point, Andrea started changing and not for the better. The Disappearance By August 2019, Andrea was in a bit of a slump. She had lost her job due to mass layoffs at Humana. She lost her house. And she was temporarily living with her sister, Sarah, and her sister's fiancé, Ethan, at a house that was owned by their mother. It is unclear where her mother was residing at this time. Ethan worked in construction, and he was currently remodeling that house. But something had happened on the night of August 12, 2019. Andrea had gotten into an argument with Sarah and Ethan. And again, we don't know the full details, but most reports state that it has something to do with the fact that Sarah and Ethan wanted Andrea to move out. Andrea's behavior had been a little bit erratic at this point. Was that possibly 
part of the reason they didn't want her there any longer. There have also been reports that Andrea and her sister, Sarah, always had a little bit of a strained relationship. But again, we really don't know. So on this night, August 12th, 2019, Andrea, upset over this fight she had with her sister, walks to her other sister's house, which is not far away, in the same Audubon Park neighborhood of Louisville. She would sit on the porch with her sister, Erin, and vent about the situation late into the night. Erin really wasn't sure what she should do. But she listened to Andrea and encouraged her to go back home and try and work things out. Around 1 o'clock a.m., Erin drove Andrea back to that house and dropped her off. But at 1.37 a.m., Erin woke up to the sound of knocking on her door. Andrea was back. She had walked back to Erin's house, saying that no one had answered the door at that house and she had nowhere to go. Erin, at first, just wasn't sure what to do, told Andrea to go back home. They'd have to let her in. Erin herself had to get up pretty early the next morning, and all of the family's personal drama hasn't come out yet, which is okay. But it's safe to say that the family was having some trouble with Andrea during this time. Erin had let her father know that Andrea had come back to her house, had walked back to her house after 1.30 in the morning. And it was his advice to Erin to tell her to go back to Sarah and Ethan's. Andrea started walking back, at 1.38 a.m., and Erin watched her walk in that direction before she headed back in the house herself. And then, Andrea Knabel was never seen or heard from again. The Search Andrea was an adult. She was 37 years old. So at first, everyone thought she was just maybe at someone else's house, and they just hadn't figured out whose. But at some point on August 13th, Andrea's mother sent out a group text to the family asking if anyone had seen Andrea. Her sister Erin was curious. She knew her sister had been very upset the night before. Where was Andrea? She tried reaching her with no success and started reaching out to any friends that she knew of to see if they had seen her or heard from her, but no one had. By August 17th, 2019, Andrea would be reported missing. So yes, four days did go by before an official missing person report was made. But again, Andrea is an adult. She was kind of transient at this time. She didn't really seem to have a permanent address. So it kind of stands to reason that everyone thought she was maybe just with somebody else. Andrea's friends with Missing in America were finally contacted as well. And Nancy Schaefer, the founder, made the trip to Louisville to help search for her friend. Law enforcement wasn't sure what to think. Andrea was an adult. She was in a tough spot. She had no job, no home, and they thought it was very possible that she just left town to start fresh somewhere else, or maybe left town with a friend or someone she knew just to clear her head. But no one believed that she would leave her two boys. It had just so happened that the night Andrea vanished, both of her boys were scheduled to be with their fathers that night. 
The public also wasn't sure as more information started coming out. Was this a stunt? Was this a hoax? Andrea herself was active in missing person cases, and then she just up and disappears? Many people thought it was a hoax. It had also come out that Missing in America had been hoping to film a documentary. So a lot of people wondered if there was a connection to that. Was this a publicity stunt? Andrea's father, Mike, and sister, Erin, started to pound the pavement searching for Andrea. Erin herself was so distraught because she had been the one to turn Andrea away that night. And she believed that if she had let her stay, she might not have disappeared. Mike also had a strained relationship with his daughter, and he also felt very guilty for that. Together, they hung up flyers, they knocked on doors, they talked to everyone they could. First of all, they talked to Sarah and Ethan. They knew Andrea had left Aaron's house at 1.37 a.m., but they weren't sure from there what had happened to her. Both Sarah and Ethan said they never heard Andrea return and they hadn't seen her. The family contacts a private investigator, the same one that had worked with Missing in America, Tracy Leonard, and he asked to take a look at Andrea's laptop. Since she had her Google location turned on, he was able to trace her movements via her phone from that night or those early morning hours. Here is what we know based on her Google location activity. 1.38 a.m. The phone is at Aaron's house and starts making the walk back towards her mother's house where she had been hoping to stay with her sister. 1.54 a.m. The phone now shows that Aaron did indeed arrive back at the mother's house. It cannot be verified if she went inside the house, but it did ping back at her mother's house at that time. At 3.53 a.m., the phone still shows active and still at the mother's house, and then it would stop pinging altogether. That is, until 6.31 a.m. The phone once again pings at the mother's house, it's active, and then the phone goes dead or is turned off and is never turned back on again. Now, the family with this information once again questions Sarah and Ethan, and this time they said, That yes, they had heard Andrea knocking, but they didn't want to let her in. The authorities would also question Sarah and Ethan and conduct a thorough search of the house. Nothing was found. No sign of Andrea, no signs of a struggle, and no sign of Andrea's phone. It was also learned that she did text, call, or message a few different people during that walk back looking for either a ride or a place to stay. Some attempts to reach someone, anyone, was also made after 2 a.m. We know she had arrived back to her mother's house around 1.54 a.m. So it would make sense that Sarah and Ethan did not let her in and she was needing somewhere to go. One of those people that got a call from her was her good friend Suzette, who's also an active member with Missing in America. Suzette said that Andrea tried to FaceTime her at 2.12 a.m., and the records from Suzette's phone do show that. But Suzette said she didn't answer. She would text Andrea right back at 2.13 a.m., asking what Andrea needed, but Andrea never read it. 
She tried to message Andrea a few more times after that, with all those messages now going unread. From here, a bunch of odd theories would develop. And we're going to come back to those in a little bit. One of them being a very scary story of a case that Andrea had gone undercover in, an unsolved missing person case. Also, stories of Andrea's life and other things she may have been involved in would start coming to the forefront. The ladies of Missing in America would soon become divided and eventually their volunteer group would disband, although they would reunite later on down the road. Louisville, Kentucky. Andrea grew up in a suburb of Louisville, Kentucky called Audubon Park. According to their website, Audubon Park is described as, quote, an urban jewel in the midst of metropolitan Louisville, end quote. The way the city is laid out, Audubon Park is actually surrounded on all sides by the city of Louisville. Audubon Park has about 1,400 permanent residents. Now, Louisville, Kentucky is a big city. It's actually the biggest city in the state of Kentucky. It sits right on the Ohio River, and it borders Indiana. This will come up later on in the discussion of theories, so keep that in mind. Louisville is home to Andrea's alma mater, the University of Louisville. It's home to an international airport, the Kentucky Derby, and even home to the KFC franchise, Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's a busy, bustling city and brings in its fair share of tourism, in addition to the over 1 million residents that live in the area. This was Andrea's home for her entire life. Specifically, when looking at this area, I want to zoom in on the neighborhood where Andrea was known to be in, the Audubon Park area, and specifically that part of the neighborhood between Aaron's house and her mother's house. We do know that Aaron lived in the 4,000 block of Fincastle Road. We know that her mom's house was within walking distance on the other side of the golf course. Literally, a country club and a golf course sits right in the middle of these two houses. It's a very residential area also with little to no waterways. It's probable there are a few small ponds on the golf course. And of course, the Ohio River is just north of here, but it's quite a distance away from this specific neighborhood. When I put it all into Google Maps, Google tells me that it would take 28 minutes to walk from Aaron's house to the other side of the golf course, the area where her mother's house was. But we know that Andrea's walk took 16 minutes. She was at Aaron's house leaving at 1.38 a.m. And according to her phone, she was back at her mom's house by 1.54 a.m. So is it possible that she cut through the golf course? She must have taken a shortcut somewhere. It's also understandable that no one saw Andrea. It was 2 o'clock in the morning in a residential area, neighborhood, And if she did take a shortcut, it would be even less likely that she would have been seen. There are a few small patches of woods, but if she had had an accident or somehow had ended up in those woods, you'd think that she would have certainly been found 
by now, over three years later, especially with all the different people that had kind of combed through those neighborhoods. I would be curious if investigators ever pursued any CCTV footage, either maybe from ring doorbell cams or security cameras at homes or even the golf course itself. Erin said that she walked all over the area many times after Andrea vanished, looking for clues or for any signs of her sister. She felt terrible being at home, safe and warm with her family, while her sister was out there missing. But she never found anything to give her any answers. Now, I really do want to dive into some of the crazy theories and thoughts out there, because while they are just that, theories, without any real answers yet, any one of them is really just as likely as the other. And this case could go in so many different directions. So part two will generally focus on those theories. Some of them are quite extreme. And all of the events that have unfolded during the course of the investigation over the last three plus years. Remember to give us a follow over on the socials. Just search for the Where Are They podcast. And give me an email if you have any case suggestions, feedback, or just some thoughts on any of these cases that you want to share. You can reach me anytime at canwefindthem at gmail.com. You can also leave a voice message for us. Look for that link in the show notes. Thank you all so much for tuning into part one today. There's so much to unpack here in the case of Andrea Knabel. So much to look at. And we still have so much more to talk about. Keep your eyes open for part two, which will be coming shortly. And until then, stay safe and hug your loved ones. 